Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and if this is your first Geekscape, well, this is how it's going to go down. I like to sit down every week and talk to creators from the worlds of pop culture, movies, video games, comic books, TV. Last week, we had a pretty damn good episode. Uh, we were talking to Rob Paulson, who's the voice like a million cartoon characters, uh, from the Animaniacs to... Um, what else has he done? Oh, well, I like it because he did a bunch of G.I. Joe characters and we connected over that. And, of course, he was Raphael on the Ninja Turtles. Um, so that's basically my childhood and a lot of your childhood. So go back and listen to that episode if uh, you guys are big voiceover fans. Uh, and just listen to it, period, because I was really, really happy with that episode. And it's very, very much an example of what we do here on Geekscape. Get down to the nitty-gritty of... Why we tell these stories, why we celebrate these stories, and why uh, we've chosen this life for ourselves. You guys obviously love this stuff because you clicked on something called Geekscape and started listening to it. Um, and today's episode is no different. It's a rainy uh, day here in Los Angeles. It's one of the three that we'll get this year <laughs> um, when we're not on fire. Uh, and I've chosen to spend this morning uh, in the garage of my good friend, Chris Mancini. I've been in this garage before. It is where Chris and his friend Graham Elwood for the last, oh, as long as I've been doing Geekscape, I believe, uh, have been recording the um, Comedy Film Nerds podcast. And I've been a guest once or twice on the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. It is another very long standing podcast. Uh, and so whenever I see these guys, uh, sometimes I see Graham or Chris at the Geekscape booth in San Diego and they come by and say, hey man, and we kind of just talk shop a little bit about how the podcasts are going <laughs> we just have this hey man i ain't giving up i like doing this what else would we do is it because we is it because we're stubborn or do we just have nowhere else to go maybe that's a question i should ask chris right now chris mancini of the comedy film nerds author creator he's got a brand new comic book he wants to tell you guys about but um what do you think chris like I, I think what we do is we find each other as fellow travelers. And, uh, 
And then we're like, oh, we've traveled all the way here to a Comic-Con together because of our podcast and everything else that we're doing. So we're like, uh, and that's like the pretty much the mecca of meeting fellow creators. Mm-hmm. So we're, we, uh, we just kind of commiserate over like, what are we up to? Um, what stuff has gotten canceled? <laughs> yeah. well, and what uh, and what are we? What, what's what's the future hold? We almost played a game. Uh, we were joking this summer at Comic Con about creating a game when we see all these giant banners on the side of the hotels and the mm-hmm. buildings. We see all the new um, shows that the studios have put out on the brand new streaming services or on the networks. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to play a game called Which One's Going to Be Here Next Year? <laughs> <laughs> because there's always the ones. That are, are the surprises. Mm-hmm. They find an audience and they're back. Yep. Or the ones that don't make it to December. No. And, and, well, and so that's the game we sometimes And play streaming always, it's almost like a stacked deck because streaming always uh, has a different bit of a metric. Like network, you could get pulled mid-season if you're doing well. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, streaming feels like, well, you, you'll get a second season and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, you'll there. almost <laughs> immediately get a second season, but you will not get a fourth. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's some weird numbers that game that they're playing where I don't know if they they've even figured it out yet. Sure. Where, uh, um, uh, but you know HBO has been doing that for a long time too. Like you know they greenlight a second season before the first one sometimes even airs. So. But if you're not selling advertising, and there, there's a story that came out, and I read this um, analysis on Disney Plus, and Disney Plus I have not subscribed to Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. I posted something about Mandalorian spoilers earlier this week where <laughs> it seemed like the same people who are complaining about. They said they're going to unfriend and block and burn down the houses of people who would spoil a Star Wars film. They're the same people who are posting pictures of like, from like the Mandalorian. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. how fucking awesome is this? And I'm sitting here saying, wait, you're yeah. the same person who, if I spoil Episode Nine for, mm-hmm. you're going to be furious. You're going to be furious. But mm-hmm. you're posting on these Mandalorian things. And, and and then another friend of mine and Geekscape is feel free to jump in on the forums uh, over at Facebook or, or uh, post on Instagram or Twitter and give us feedback. But um, when it comes to uh, my 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 thread is is that like with this Disney Plus thing, um, is subscription like services not like do we not have to do the spoiler culture on this thing? Is it is it just expected that all of us are just going to suddenly get Disney Plus because I was going to subscribe to Disney Plus when I got the time to watch Disney Plus. A right. Fr- mm-hmm. A friend of mine has said there's no reason to have Disney Plus unless you have kids because the only thing to watch for people of our age group is The Mandalorian. <laughs> Uh, it's again, it's a launch. So, but I will say this: Disney Plus has launched with so much content that it's unbelievable. Like, I don't think any other service will ever launch with this much content. Now, um, The Mandalorian, as far as new content goes, but if you want to take a deep dive into nostalgia and your childhood, mm-hmm. um, that's really um, there's a lot, a lot of stuff. Everything from the animated movies. But I started going back to like, are these live action movies there? Like. Treasure Island, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like Swiss Family they Robinson, there? they're there, but oh. they're not promoted. Like, you have, to, yeah. you have to do searches on them to find them, but they're there. And I was like, oh, I want to introduce my kids to this. But yeah, for me, because I have two kids, it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, you know, my son, he's 11, he's watching the Star Wars stuff, I'm watching Mandalorian. And then my daughter, who's 14, she's watching the Disney shows that she watched a few years ago, like Shake It Up and all of those ones that she's aged out of, but she's watching it. It's weird to see a 14-year-old watch things <laughs> nostalgically. 
but uh, yeah, she's she's you know the whole family's been watching it. Like now I yeah, feel yeah. even yeah, yeah. older. She has her inception nostalgic inception yeah. moments, yeah. and I'm like going down the rabbit hole with it. Um, is song of the, the songs of the South hold up on Disney Plus? Um, that was uh, hold up is an interesting word <laughs> term, but that yeah. There's certain things that won't be there, and that's uh, and that's one of them. Song of the South. They they kind of made it clear. Yeah, we may not put that up or ever. <laughs> well, there's something to be said about this cancel culture that's going on, and we've discussed cancel culture quite a bit. There was a Scott Thompson episode a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, Geekscapist, where we went really deep dive on cancel culture and the dangers of cancel culture. But it seems like, um, and not that this is a bad thing. I really don't know where I land on this, but in our strives to be sensitive uh, to each other and more woke and accepting and this and that uh, thing, all things that are good. Um, we've fallen also into the cancel culture and this, now that we are seeing stories about people for the first time, people, your daughter's generation or college mm-hmm. generation uh, or college age, discovering some of these classic Disney movies and how problematic mm-hmm. some of the depictions are in them. You know, because they oh, came yeah. out of the 50s and the 60s and, and 70s where some of these things were just Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the animated Aladdin. Some and, of them have warnings on them. Like right. I, when I did my searches on uh, Disney+, Plus, like when I found 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, there's a warning on it. Hmm. It said, uh, uh, note, movie is presented in the original format with all its content, but it may, and it was a very lawyerly uh, warning. It mm-hmm. said, it may contain outdated cultural references right. <laughs> and i'm like wow that could kind of mean anything <laughs> like anything basically though they task the lawyers with look come up with some words that cover as if anybody's offended about anything mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, i i really feel like there's um it's interesting to see like warnings like that and not on like sex and violence on stuff as much sure. Uh, sure. but um i i think that's the right play because you don't want to just um bury this stuff no especially if there's you know there's value to it i mean Twenty Thousand leagues is a classic you know story and if there's a movie version of it let's you know let's see it you know warts and flaws and all and the captain nemo character would be the problematic one i don't know i have to i have to watch it again to see what that warning was referring to i haven't seen it in many many years so i'm I'm really but actually makes me want to watch it more because now i'm curious like what are they what are they talking about yeah I would be attracted to those movies. I would mm-hmm. also be attracted to... There's a documentary on the Imagineering. Yes, the, the, I want to see that too. The, that one is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, and obviously The Mandalorian, but Mandalorian's not a binge show. It is a show that is, I think, goodness, I think there's a great idea. It comes out weekly. Yeah. It's, but Everything old is new again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. I, I also... So I read this analysis that um, now that we're a week into Disney+, Plus. The numbers are coming back that people are canceling it at three times the rate that they're canceling their Netflix subscriptions. Really? Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I read it. I saw it posted. I read it. Um, I don't know. Are people, are people just watching two episodes of Mandalorian and then canceling their Disney Plus? I think what it is, it's when it's a new service, especially one as robust as Disney Plus. Um, everyone just kind of wanted to see what it's about. Like, yeah. not even to see, well, that kind of sounds like it'd be for me. No, everyone just kind of jumped into the pool. And now people are figuring out, like, well, I don't know if there's a lot I would actually stick around and watch for. I'm, I'm going to wait. And, mm-hmm. you know, those people that, you know, jump right in, cancel right away, they may come back in a year when all of a sudden there's two, three shows that they want to watch there. Like, like no Marvel shows have premiered, you know, and we've gotten one Star Wars show. Are all the Marvel films on there? 
So all the Marvel films are there, yes. All the toy, all the Pixar, all the all the Pixar, every, all the Disney animated and and the Vault stuff. So it's you know, it, like I said, it's an incredible um, library that's available. But like I said, it, in a weird way, it's not really being presented that way. Like when you start uh, Disney Plus, it's all like the most recent popular stuff. Like you, there, there's not like a great. I mean, I'm sure this will change. There's not like a great profile on the archives of right. you know the Walt Disney Corporation and I, you know that may be coming or they might figure out another way to to profile that but that's the stuff that interests me like mm-hmm. I like seeing some of the I like obviously Agreed. I love the new stuff but I want to see the old stuff too that and I grew I up with I want to see Walt sitting there with a cigarette yeah. talking to kids yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and be like, yeah. hey kids yeah. this is. I'm going to yeah. draw a picture of mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse and t-. remember he used to I mean obviously before our time but he used mm-hmm. to have his his little like fireside chats where yeah. he would he would introduce the the cartoons mm-hmm. and I think that was our parents' generation. They would watch this stuff. Wonderful World of Disney Wonderful was on World Sundays. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that stuff's coming back, if it's not there already. And um, one question I have is with seeing, you know, you log on and you're obviously seeing The Mandalorian and you're seeing banners for Endgame. Uh, because, and Frozen, because and Frozen 2 is coming out. So um, here, everyone needs to watch Frozen again first. So have you noticed a change in the algorithm when you're watching this thing? No, I haven't yet. So it doesn't adapt like so, Netflix does. I, or it, or it's not like as doing it as quickly, Or mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. Like there's, I, the one thing I'll tell you, the interface looks very similar to Netflix. Like it's pretty, pretty right. close. Um, the one thing that I did notice, like, it sets up profiles, but I'm like, well, I don't have to do that now. It's not like, you know, all the, every, everybody in my family can see everything. There's not, like, I don't have to, like, I used to have to do that with my kids when they were younger. If they're going to do it at all in your household, it's going to be for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to protect you, know, you from yeah. the truth. I want, uh, I want my own algorithm, damn it. <laughs> and, I want this machine to profile me specifically. <laughs> yeah, let us know if, like, your daughter's content starts going to the surface yeah <laughs> and, and like, oh, i don't want to watch shake it up again <laughs> i don't want to so. watch it's still shaking yeah yeah you know, all this stuff. uh when um did, you didn't have it but i think the appeal for me would be i would like it packaged with hulu as is yes. an option and i'd like and it packaged with, with espn yeah Please. that's 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 the combo package uh, we didn't do that uh we did i did like the special uh deal where if you buy it for three years in advance like you can get it for like four bucks a month something like that so i got that and i just all right i'm all in it hasn't launched yet but i know i'm going to be using it and my kids will so that's I perfect did that, i did that one yeah um and you're, so you're happy with everything yes mandalorian's mm-hmm. cool I, I have not started watching loved it. it yeah and there's only like i said there's only two episodes uh but you know so far i mean it's it, it's a, been a really smart thing like they did it's being shot like a spaghetti western um, you know, almost like a uh, um, three Mandalorians and a baby. It's a <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's like but, but it is um, it, but it's not so it's not a lone wolf and cub type tale. Well, you know, it's interesting. You should say that. I just had this conversation with uh, Rick Myers over. Because I'm just seeing action, the imagery from it. And action I'm film like autopsy. Yeah, and he is like big into that kind of samurai and westerns and stuff. And he was saying the the first episode was more like a traditional western, whereas the second one was more like a um, uh, Western co-opted from like a lone wolf and cub type story. Mm. So I really think there are influences like that in there. But it's also, we, it's, we, like I said, we've only seen two. Will each episode have a different influence now? We, or like some samurai or Western, like we don't know. Or is it just kind of kind of even out like, oh, this is the tone and feel of the show. But I will say this one thing, and this was in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. Um, the, the show has some great moments in it because mm. it's set after Return of the Jedi. So there's one scene where a um, 
basically a guy who hires bounty hunters, is surrounded by his bodyguards, and they're all stormtroopers. But all their outfits and uniforms that are like dirty and yeah. like uh, and they you know they feel like so but but that's like oh, i yeah. love that yeah i never saw that before because well when the empire was running things no one had a spot on their stormtrooper yeah. uniform yeah. but if you know things went south for the empire it would either be like stormtroopers that were unemployed yeah <laughs> or it would be people that had killed stormtroopers and stole their armor right so it, either way i'm like oh this is really cool because this this feels like what would happen and uh yeah of course it looks like it's good armor but they're not going to keep it clean but it seems like it's effective because it not only hides your face and uh but it also can protect you occasionally from blaster shots and it's everywhere and it's everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah there's probably, there's probably tons of it that yeah. you can get mm-hmm. all over the galaxy yeah uh, that seems pretty cool. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to circle Thanksgiving mm-hmm. as the place where I'm going to give myself some time to watch. As you know, I guess there'll be four episodes or so by that time. I was going to say it's a good plan because you know, as the episodes build up, you could jump in and watch a, a couple of them at a and time. And they're like less than thirty minutes long. Yeah, right? they're well, they're about thirty minutes long, forty-ish sure. around there. Yeah, um, that is what I'm doing, Geekscapist, and I'm going to I'm aiming for that ESPN bonus because the jock in me, there is a. Uh, there's a like a hundred hour documentary series <laughs> called uh, Basketball for the Love of the Game or mm-hmm. the Love of Basketball or Basketball This and That. And this documentarian went and made like I think it's actually like nine hours mm-hmm. of content, ten hours of content in it's these nine minute, ten minute documentaries on basketball and there's like a hundred of them. Oh my gosh, that'll keep you busy for and a I while. I gotta watch them. I just, yeah, and I and because you get Hulu too. I mean Disney's yeah. kind of plan was like, all right, here's the PG thirteen mm-hmm. uh stuff and and lower. But then anything over PG thirteen that we may have acquired in say the Fox deal or something that might be not appropriate for Disney, we're just gonna move to Hulu. And they're listening. I like the fact that they're reformatting the Simpsons episodes to go back to the original 4-3 rather than Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, that was such an odd and weird decision. Like, you know, just leave it alone. Wouldn't that have been easier just Mm -hmm. to leave it alone? (laughs) Yeah, in Geekscape, if you're not reading up on the controversy, it's that when they brought things into... I believe that these are the reformatting for digital or, like, DVD or Blu-ray. I don't... I think that this, this... this transition had already been done mm-hmm. where they took the broadcast versions in 4.3 square television and they cut the tops and bottoms yeah. off of it and, to and make then, them widescreen. And then stretched it. And then uh, turns and then, out you're losing information and even jokes at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, it's... People like things the way they were presented. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't... Yeah, it was such an odd decision, and I'm glad that they listened and like, no, we'll, we'll put it back to the so way So when it was. Greedo says McClunky... Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Did you watch that? In episode four, when Han shoots yeah. first, he will yeah. always shoot first. That is the way Geekscape is built. We, yes. <laughs> the comedy Han, film nerds as well. Let's yes. just be clear. Han was a drug smuggler. Yes. He's going to shoot first. Yes. We, we completely agree. And, and then they've changed it again for this digital version that they put on Disney Plus. I swear to God that w- had to be like some, you know, forward thinking. Oh yeah, that that uh, Lucas put in a, like is like almost like a geek time bomb. <laughs> like I'm like, all right, well, you know, at some point this will get released in another format somewhere else and I want this in here to make the internet go crazy again. <laughs> and so what happens is Greedo verbally says McClunky? Or yes. He says it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Greedo yells McClunky. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not just a subtitle that you have to yes. put on the. No, subtitles. no, it's it's there. You hear him. You hear him say McClunky. And uh, what the hell is McClunky? Uh, I thought it was just a nonsense word, but I talked to Steel Saunders, who runs the Steel Wars podcast, 
<laughs> and he's like, well, that word's been used before in canon, and it kind of means, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Lucas's last laugh. Yeah, yeah, I really, I think, I, I ha- it had to be. How could it not be intentional? <laughs> because, like, you know, if you've already sold your shit for billions of dollars, what do you really care at this point? <laughs> unless you just, you're just trying to stir some shit up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is so funny. So you're happy with the with the Disney Plus? So I am actually. Yeah, the whole family is. We're all enjoying it. Geekscapist. Mm-hmm. Chris is going to adopt me. We're going to watch some <laughs> Disney Plus together. Yeah. So we're going to have a great Thanksgiving. But honestly, and you get multiple devices, multiple, so we could do oh, that. <laughs> we're do that. Um, Geekscapist, uh, give us your feedback on Disney Plus because mm-hmm. it's something we've been discussing on both the Geekscape uh, group on Facebook, but also the secret Geekscape Forever group. It's a private group, but go ahead and mm-hmm. invite yourself, and I'll accept the invitation because mm-hmm. you're my friends and you're listening to this. But uh, we talk about these things. We yeah. talk about uh, about Disney Plus and whether or not we're going to get it, and um, and all sorts of things. So, talk to me about comedy film nerds because I I, yes. I I believe I saw Graham briefly at, at San Diego Comic Con, and we caught up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you just sent me an email. About wanting to come on this podcast because Geekscape's he's promoting a brand new uh, Kickstarter. If yes. you guys go to Kickstarter and you look for Rise the Kung Fu Dragon Master, you guys will see this brand new. Um, I want to call it a comic book, but it's not going to come out in single issues. It's going to be no, a it'll be a graphic novel, novel 160 so page graphic. It's co- novel. completely collected. It's a graphic mm-hmm. novel, and what I love about it is Fernando Pinto, who did the Geekscape yes. logo. Mm-hmm. Is the artist for this one, and he also yep. did Long Ago and Far Away, which yes. Is, a, a lot of fun, and what I love is at the in the description on your Kickstarter for Rise of the Dragon Master, a Kung Fu Dragon Master, you talk about how you like the fish out of water genre bend genre blending. And for anybody who read Long Ago and Far Away, we know that brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that, if anything, is a bunch of nerds thrown into a sword and sorcery fantasy tale. Yes, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Fernando also did the artwork for that one. He did, yeah. Now that one had this, and I found Fernando through you, through uh, Geekscape. Well, mm-hmm. uh, listen, mm-hmm. Fernando's super, super talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope his ears are burning right now mm-hmm. listening to this. Um, well, they're burning because of our show, but <laughs> I, I actually hope they're burning in the recording of this. I hope he's somewhere in Chile, being like, "Oh, I'm being talked about," mm-hmm. because uh, we love Fernando. He's incredibly talented, and he sent me a thank you for linking him up with you when you guys initially started working on Long Ago and Far Away because because initially Thrillbent which was Mark Wade's company was Mm -hmm. going to release it right and then that kind of went through that ran out of funding just Mm -hmm. ran out of funding and damn can a creator like get over in this world I know it was like it was one thing after another like oh my god and it was like you know right when it was supposed to be funded it was like everything kind of bottomed Mm -hmm. out and like oh man so Mark actually still helped me with it all the way through, which was really cool. And he did a um, uh, foreword for the book, and we just had him on the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. So he's been a great mentor to me. I know it, says, it sounds weird to like you know mentor like our age, but we can still we can still have mentors. No, for I, sure. I like Mark, and in, in, mm-hmm. Mark is somebody that I'd like to have on this show. So if you could make the intro, I'd love it because because sure. I'm a big fan of Mark, um, and I read his books like mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but uh, let's talk about. Thrill bent because 
the one thing that I'm I'm doing Geekscape is because I you never give up on an idea, mm-hmm. do you? You never give up on it. No, you just you keep you keep pushing you keep and pushing. pushing. And obviously, you know, Geekscape I, uh, is when, when I published my my book, uh, Pacify Me, mm-hmm. the Handbook for the Freaked Out New Dad with uh, Simon and Schuster. It was my parenting comedy book. They gave me this long uh, list of like questions for like a profile that would put. Uh, um, up there and it made me think of that because it's like personal quote and I'm like and I remember saying well keep trying even if everyone thinks you're crazy (laughs) because um, one of you has to be right and if you're crazy then what do you care (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one that's a damn good one I'm filling out a book proposal right now and I Mm -hmm. find it to be so it's my first time oh yeah and I'm finding it to be like crazy all these little Mm -hmm. forms that you have to fill in and all these different things obviously you have to fill those things in because it makes sense and they want to make sure that if they're going to send you money they're not sending you money for crap right so (laughs) uh, so I'm I'm Maybe I'm overthinking it. How do you... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of questions I have for Chris mm-hmm. Gigscapist, and you're just going to have to sit there and listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first off, Hero of the Prophecy, you guys know, because it's the project I have with my brother where a pro wrestler gets transported to a sword and sorcery world and fights mm-hmm. minotaurs and things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he uses wrestling to do it. <laughs> um, so that is another fish out of water, similar story to uh, Far Away. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Geekscape, if you can hear it, the rain is really coming yeah. down outside. It's pretty awesome. Right when we started recording. Mm-hmm. It, you can hear the gods crying. <laughs> like, it's really a shame that the fires and the torrential rain never line up. Because well, that would really be a lot better for, uh, well, for us yes, here in LA. Yeah, it, the, what happens mm-hmm. is the fires clear out all the brush, the rains yeah. come, and then the mudslides right. yeah, bury it, people. It, it really feels like it's in this horrible progression that we'd like to kind of break. <laughs> so... <laughs> so um, one of the options that I've been talking to with the producers is to put out, like you did, an independent comic book. Yes. So to, to fundraise or find funding for an mm-hmm. independent comic book. And damn, what a slog. Oh, my gosh. Any, any crowdfunding and Kickstarter or anything, it's just, it's just so hard. It really is, you know, for, for any creator. And I mean, I've talked to, like, um, you know, creators that have been been doing it for years, and it's like everyone is is difficult. It's just it's just the nature of the mm-hmm. beast. And you know, we have great fans, and you guys have great fans. So you know, we can always count on the support, but that doesn't make it easy at no. all. Um, so even with long ago and far away, we put it together, we got it out there, and was then it, I started shopping it. Was it okay? So tell me the the processes mm-hmm. of that because what we're going to do is because you had the idea, you connected yes. with Fernando. Mm-hmm. Did you guys start working on a freebie before that to try and get something to show people in the hopes that you'd get funded first and then the funding fell apart and then you went crowdfunding or did you go crowdfunding first and then got some funding, the funding fell apart, you went back to crowdfunding? (laughs) I don't fucking know. It's a mix of all of those things you just said. (laughs) Like uh, we were ready to go with Throwbent. And Throwbent was going to finance the whole thing. Throwbent was financed the whole thing. It disappeared. And Throwbent was Mark Wade's Wade's and uh, John Rogers' company. I think together they they partnered it. Uh, It's it's still up, but there's there's nothing being done. It's kind of a dead site now. Um, So then I was like, you know, I don't want to let this go. I want really want to make this, and I don't I don't want this to die. So I wanted to. So that's when I. How far down the road were you at that point? We were uh, initial. Initial drawings and um, uh, uh, the script was done. Just so, character design, yeah, character design, things like that. Okay. And then we um, that kind of fell apart. And then I went to. Um, that's when I approached Fernando about doing the Kickstarter together, okay. and because he wasn't um, going to start 
freebies. He was, so, I mean, he, you can't do a graphic novel this size. You, you can't. It's without, too. It's too in, intensive as far as like time, effort, work, everything. It's just. It's just too much. I mean, it's one thing to do a couple of pages for like a pitch. Sure. Like you know, if you have five or whatever, but you know, to do two hundred is, is another yeah. animal. In, in Geekscape, it's, if you yeah. go to the Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master Kickstarter now, you can actually see a pie chart where Chris outlines where the money goes and the largest slice does go to the pencil art and line work that, yes. that Fernando does. Mm-hmm. The smallest slice is the non-existent slice that Chris gives himself. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> I, I don't I, I play the long game with these projects. <laughs> so I don't I don't take any money and I'm hoping I don't have to put money in to actually get it right. get it done. So right. and, and so we did um, we did long ago and far away. It was a it was tough but you know the and it was a lot of podcasting fans that showed up. It was the comedy film nerds fans, mm-hmm. the you know even the Geekscape fans and um, you know you guys really uh, showed up for it and we we got there. And it took a really long time to make because it was it was longer than Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, so it was it was probably close to two hundred pages uh, for a graphic novel. And then I was like, well, that's only part of it. Now, great, all the fans that backed it, but I want other people to see it too. So I started shopping around to publishers, mm-hmm. and it found a home at Starburns Press. Mm-hmm. That's our, the company that does Rick and Morty. Our and, neighbors uh, at Comic Con. Yes. Our neighbor, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and. Um, so they they picked it up and it's actually broken up into I think eight issues digitally on Comicsology under Starburns Press. So cool. that's something like hey, you just want to kind of see what it's like. By the first issue, it's only like a dollar ninety nine. Um, so and then there'll be another release where the entire graphic novel with Mark Wade's uh, foreword and a a big physical Starburns Press copy that's uh, branded that'll come out next year. Hmm. But right now I still have a couple of the Kickstarter copies left that I'll sign that people can buy at comedyfilmnerds.com before we shut it down. But the new one, um, what I did is I tried to eliminate some of these steps for uh, you know, getting it out there. Like for Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, Starburns Press is already on board as, as distributor and uh, publisher. So what I've been doing is kind of putting that together. They're helping promote it. But again, still, even with the publisher and studio behind it, it's still really hard. You still have to get, you know, you have to fight for every pledge. You have to convince every person that's going to give you their hard-earned money. Like, what am I getting for this? Is this worth it? And I'm here to tell you it is. So, <laughs> so please, uh, please pledge. And we put some really cool rewards in there. Like, uh, not only do you get the book, you get the entire Starburns Press Library digitally. You can get a tour of Starburns. You could get um, Long Ago and Far Away as, as part of a digital package with all of Fernando's other books. So there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And then there's like a couple big rewards where you could uh, be on the last Comedy Film Nerd show with you <laughs> mm. on, uh, on the 12th. And then. Is that why it's the last one? It's a, <laughs> we, need to, we need to really, really uh, time this properly. You bury yeah. yeah. <laughs> But one of the things I put in there, and I don't know if this is going to work or not, but uh, I wanted to, one of the things I always love doing is building community and helping out other artists sure. too. So we put a couple of tiers in there where they're like, there's a portfolio review, like Fernando will look at your artwork, where the editor, Brendan Wright from Dark Horse, will check out your pitch and tell you how to pitch to um, publishers. And then even the letter said, you know, they'll do a Skype session. And uh, if you want to learn about Kung Fu, Rick Myers, our consultant, he'll teach you about Kung Fu for... For a session, so if you're interested in making a comic, those sessions will help you get yours made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wanted to kind of like, all right, well, there's somebody else that wants to help out. They don't know how to that needs help, may not want to start. Well, this will help out me making my book, but then I can kind of give it back a little bit and help somebody out on the way. And the so. goal ultimately is to do an animated project, a live action project, like or you say it in the intro to 
um, Long Ago and Far Away, and maybe. Yes. Actually, Mark says it in his intro, <laughs> Long Ago and Far Away. Um, you know, that this isn't just one of these things that I just admitted to doing, mm-hmm. which is make a comic book to prove the concept for the film. Right. It's, uh, it, it, uh, Do you it, not have aspirations to take some of these characters and Absolutely. And yeah, it's, a, it's a mix. I, I'd like to do, you know, in a perfect world, like, what do you want to do? And the, the answer would be both. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to hook up with Starburns. Because they're taking long ago and far away. Not only have they published it, um, we've created a TV show around the world and the characters. And we're going to be uh, going out with them as a studio and pitching actually as a lo- one of the first live action shows in January. And I, I connected the um, showrunner for Simpsons and Frasier, Jake Hogan. He's, he's going to showrun the show. So we're going uh, to see what happens. We put it together. We put a pitch deck together. We put... Uh, figured out how the show would work, and then we're going to start pitching it in January. So I'm hoping someone. Uh, That'd be awesome. Up. Yeah, and uh, but on the other side of it, like uh, I always saw Long Ago and Far Away as a three volume series. Like I think there's as there's, a comic book. As a comic okay. book, yeah. So yeah. I have Long Ago and Far Away, then Long Ago and Far Away Two, Son of Elvenwood, and then um, for Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, I also saw that as three. And then I saw one special seventh book, if I can get there, where they cross over. Yeah, <laughs> so, naturally. Yeah, so naturally. that's it. And I just have this image in my head as all the characters looking at each other and just going, who are you guys? Mm-hmm. And then that's, you know, that's kind of how well, it starts. Would you, uh, we'll wait for that JLA meets Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your process of writing these books, talk to mm-hmm. me about them. Like, uh, you outline, you do, like, if, if a geekscapist is listening to this and he mm-hmm. wants to get into writing comics and... You know, you busted out a 200-page comic book. What was the outline process for something that that, that is that monumental? Well, it, it's, you know, I come from a, like a film and TV background, but mostly film. So I look at everything as like a screenplay. Sure. So what I would do is just kind of write, like either take an old screenplay or like write it as a screenplay and then break it up into um, comic formats, like I'm directing it. Like, sure, 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 mm-hmm. sure, sure. But you don't just dive right into the final draft. No, you like, don't. You've been, you outline these things. You, uh, you, it's a very slow process. Um, well, for me it is anyway, but the, what you do is, everyone thinks you just write the script. The script is actually Hell last. No. Yeah, the, the script, script is last. last. The script yeah, is... yeah. It's the last thing you write. Yeah. Uh, what you do is you, first you have the concept, then you have um, a treatment. Then you break it down into acts. Then it's it's a full outline. Then you break it down into scenes, which is still online. You haven't written a word of dialogue yet. And, uh, I mean, you collect them in your little notes. Yes. Yeah, you honestly. do. Like you have like, oh, sample dialogue. Maybe he'll say if, this here or whatever. If anybody but, found mine, they would yeah. think that I've described it on the show as the like a notebook you'd find in like seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like it's got weird. Yeah, like, things sure. just feel disconnected. Yeah. A lot of writers would have that yeah. same uh, notebook for sure. Yeah, I write know. it on the these legal yeah. pads and yeah. if anybody finds them they've got like drawings yeah. and shit on them and mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. diagrams and stuff it's like who to kill next yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a what story which weapon wait a minute what, what's this uh, <laughs> must kill yeah. <laughs> satiate the hunger stop the voices mm-hmm. so it, it's and, and it evolves throughout as you know the entire process where you, you have the script you break it down into pages and panels but then if you're working with an editor, they get a hold of it, they take a look at it. And then when it goes to the artist, that's where it really gets collaborative. Like w- one thing about I'll say about Fernando Pinto is how patient he was on the first one because 
uh, I don't always know, like, uh, when you first start writing comics from other mediums, I didn't know, like, you know, exactly what panels, how many would be on each page, and all of those so things. So you're writing too many panels. So that's the, my, was my yeah. first mistake, yeah. too many panels on a page. And you're over-describing. And, yeah, and over-describing, yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah. I hit the classics. Dude, and, I, uh, I, think you, I think you and I checked all those boxes, yeah. and I remember getting a note from the folks at Lion Forge who were, mm-hmm. they were like, Hey man, you're you're working too hard on this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like you just yeah. trust the artist. Yeah, yeah. and I, you get the note back. I'm like, hey, maybe it would work better this way. I'm like, yes, yes, it would. <laughs> so <laughs> well, you know, yeah. and it, you go back to and you get a the, shorthand too with the artist after and, that. And when you think about like um, Stan Lee and that Marvel method, mm-hmm. where Stan would give the artist an outline, but he wouldn't mm-hmm. break it into panels. He would just write a story. He'd mm-hmm. give it to the artist. Mm-hmm. The artist would craft the story visually, give it back to Stan, and Stan would throw in the dialogue in the in the captions. Right. And it's genius because the visual storyteller is the one that's kind of in control of the pacing there. Yes. Not the person who's not the visual storyteller. Not that mm-hmm. we're not visual storytellers, but we're visual storytellers on a film level. Right. And that's a completely different type of visual storytelling. It is. The it's pacing a... is different. The tone is different. The yep. distance to the viewer is different. It's subjective mm-hmm. to their speed of reading. It's They can look at the page however they want to look at it. It's even harder with jokes. Because then the pacing of jokes, like, it's one thing to be doing a stand-up routine, and then, you know, you're telling jokes. But then, if you're telling jokes on a script in a movie, it's an also, it's another thing, because then you're also very reliant upon the director and the editor. But in a comic, when someone is actually reading, it, it's a weird thing where they're reading jokes visually. <laughs> yeah. So that pacing really has to be uh, spot on for those jokes to land. Did you find yourself leaning heavy into the dialogue? When you were writing a comic, as opposed to like in a in a film, they're always telling you like, "Hey, dialogue last." Yeah, and they want things to be visual and move, and and I think they describe dialogue in a lot of ways as the uh, ornaments on a tree. Like it's mm. it's like the thing you put on last, you know, uh, as the dialogue. But I I find a familiarity with your writing and geeks gave us who've read or are going to read long ago, far away. Mm-hmm. You'll find a familiarity in that like. A part of me just sounded like I was hanging out with Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. because it, you know, there are action sequences, obviously. You are, like, reading a fantasy comic. Mm-hmm. And in the, the case of Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, you're, there's got to be Kung Fu in it. Right. There's got to be some action. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the jokes are, like, the same kind of woody witticisms that you kick off in just a natural conversation. So I just mm-hmm. felt like reading it, I'm like, oh. You're leaning in to the gift of gab. Yes. <laughs> and you're Did you, I mean, you understand where I'm coming from on that Absolutely, one? Absolutely, yeah, they, yeah. They have like a rapport because mm-hmm. Geekscapists who haven't read Long Ago and Far Away, like, it's like three nerds who work in a comic book store getting sucked into uh, this battle between an evil queen and an elven kingdom and they mm-hmm. have to save it. Right. And so that means you got to go on some mm-hmm. quests. Mm-hmm. And only their knowledge of this stuff from <laughs> working in a comic book store is going to save them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the lead char- character, uh, Jason, he was there before as the child knight, as a kid. But now he has to go back as an adult where he's kind of made a mess of his life and mm-hmm. now he's an asshole. So, right. <laughs> so that's also his, um, his arc. And like, well, can he get that childhood wonder back as he progresses through this world? Now, what's that really about, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It has nothing to do with aging. <laughs> it has nothing to do with perception. It has no. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I mean, when you're looking at that, mm-hmm. right? honestly, like... You're looking at that character and you're thinking, I mean, where does that come from? Because everything we write is an autobiography. (laughs) And uh, there's pieces of me in every character and there's pieces of me in every story. And uh, but that one really resonated with me as I kind of came into Hollywood where everyone's kind of trying to be storytellers and tell stories. But also 
What about people who aren't doing that? Like, you know, how do they regain their sense of childhood wonder? People that, you know, um, have, quote, regular or normal lives that, uh, because really it's a bubble out here, Mm -hmm. you know, in LA and Hollywood. And it's like the rest of the world and even the country just simply doesn't operate the way that things happen around here. so I always felt like, you know... We're like take, one big coffee shop. It really is. It's, it's everything's a, like a big coffee shop with that. And we're just, you know, ordering something and working on our screenplays. We don't you actually know, know that. We actually, yeah. don't, we don't actually think, yeah. think that we're doing what we're actually doing, which is scratching lottery tickets. Yes. <laughs> like, I think this one's a so, winner. Yep. I think this one's a winner. And it takes us years to scratch each lottery yep. ticket. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's, that took 10 years to scratch it for that one scratcher. But uh, <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to the next one. Oh, wait. I have limited time left. <laughs> so I, I wanted to kind of broaden it out and just kind of like, uh, you know, um, have it apply to everyone, anyone who's ever had a dream or, has, you know, had that sense of childhood wonder and, you know, what happens when they, um, when we grow up and we kind of leave those things behind, can we regain it? Is that a part of us that we wish we hadn't left behind? And, and uh, how do we move forward with our lives from there? Mm-hmm. No. Let's talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to talk to you about you breaking down, uh, you know, your your uh, nonfiction books and how you put that whole thing together. And maybe that's mm-hmm. a conversation we have here on Geekscape. Maybe it's a conversation mm-hmm. we have on our own. Because <laughs> literally I'm looking at this pitch proposal sent to me by an editor and I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah, book proposals are, um, I've done a, one, two, I've done, I think, three or four of them, and they, they take forever. And honestly, Okay, good, because yeah. I just think I'm a slack ass. No, not at all. I'm not it a take, slack ass? They take a long time to put together. Let me put it this way. It's, um, there's all a thread of relation between a book proposal, um, a Kickstarter campaign that hasn't launched yet that you're putting together, and even like pre-production on a film. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of interrelated they, you're doing different things for each but at the same time everything the thing that um that is the same is everything has to be in place before anyone sees any of it and that's the weird thing but it's it's the way it is so so it's a massive amount of sweat equity and yes. and faith yes now should the, i be the, doing multiple ones at the same time no i would focus Fuck. on one one okay. at a time for sure the, right. and now right. and also you can keep in the back of your head um, how nonfiction is actually easier, where sure. you only have to do a proposal, whereas fiction, if you're writing a fiction book, you literally have to write the entire thing before it's submitted. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing portions of this proposal with, with like asking for sample chapters and things mm-hmm. like that. And I understand that, and some of that stuff's yeah. written, it may not be that kind of book. Mm-hmm. Because of the nonfiction nature of it, and mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. Well, sample chapters are actually the most fun part yeah. of it because um, you start to taste what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's where the actual fun writing is. Whereas the it's almost like the proposal part is the you know the the business side where that's kind of like your your business proposal that you're presenting to investors. Whereas the sample chapters are like the creative fun thing. Well, this is what it'll actually be, and what yeah. I would actually. Be I just doing. find it to be so damn dry. Yeah, when I'm writing yeah. some of this stuff, and that now, voice can, kick, that voice kicks in your head, like, is anybody gonna read this shit? <laughs> like, you, you can like, make it more fun. Like, I, I I really tried to put a lot of jokes in the proposals mm-hmm. part of it. Like, it, it it was harder because, yeah. like you said, it's it's a very it's a much more dry uh, part of the the um, proposal is the initial part when you're going through like concept marketing comp books and like you know it's very difficult to make that funny. And yeah. So, Whereas when, you know, you can really let loose on the sample chapters. But it's, it's worth, 
it because that's the first thing editors read is not the fun part is the the business part so if you can make that a little more engaging and fun it they're more receptive to the fun part when they get to it i was listening to somebody uh i was at a screenwriting retreat talking you know i was talking to somebody from the they were showing me proposals that had succeeded in getting aren't we all in a screenwriting retreat (laughs) right now (laughs) it's called los angeles yeah um and we in somebody from tribeca was talking about who they were giving funding to Mm -hmm. for to finishing funds starting funds whatever it was Mm -hmm. and the point that they gave me was the same point that you just gave that the they wanted the proposal to come in the voice of the film right knowing that the proposal was funny knowing that the proposal was entertaining gave them confidence that the film and in this case the book would right. be a similar voice and mm-hmm. similar entertainment so i think i'm too far up my own butt <laughs> <laughs> and i've got to really just be like jonathan shut the voices up and just mm-hmm. cut loose yeah and if and, and if it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah like do it especially uh, i will say this for um publishing it's really, really um, important to have that voice there through the entire thing because that's somebody's going to be holding that book or reading it on a tablet, and that's what sells it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really is the voice that that sells it. You know, content obviously, but the voice is, uh, you know, what what's the old dumb uh, line? Don't sell the steak, sell the sizzle. <laughs> and, Don't uh, sell the steak, sell the sizzle. Yeah, yeah. I so, fall for that a few so, times. So you're um, what you want to really do, and uh, is kind of make it like. Okay, well, if he can make this part engaging and funny, clearly he's going to have no problem with the uh, yeah. with the book. So yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a it's a good policy to have. It's interesting that they're looking at it for movies too. I didn't know that. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, well, you know these foundations like mm-hmm. uh, Tribeca and Sundance that that have their kind of think tank hubs for creatives, and right. they'll, they'll offer things like support and finishing funds. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, Film Independence, one of them. Tribeca yes. Institute's one of them. And it totally made sense that if you're, you need to pitch this thing in the tone of the movie, mm-hmm. so that right off the bat, the first few words, they're getting that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we just can't help but be funny. But <laughs> I kind of felt like I was going in for a job interview, and I think it's tripped me up so far on this book proposal. But when we're done here, I will go and reacquaint myself with it and be yeah. like, hey, let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, we talked about growing up a few times so far, Chris. Yes. What the fuck is up with December 12th? Because you're kind of freaking me out, bro. <laughs> we are ending comedy film nerds after a decade. A decade. That's a really long time. And uh, we are going to be moving on to uh, other things now. Um, however, that just means the podcast is ending. Graham and I are still going to be working together on some films and other projects together. But we, we felt like it's one of those things who where... Who cheated on who? So... <laughs> <laughs> who cheated on who? Come on. How was it? it? It's no. It was a. It was a mutual <laughs> decision, <laughs> and uh, we went to. We just kind of looked at everything and realized that you know creatively, it's about as far as we could go with the brand and comedy film nerds. And you know, we did a podcast, a website, a movie, a festival, and a book. I'm like, okay, we've we've kind of gone as far as we can. Let's, you don't want to make sequels. Yeah, we don't know no sequels. We There's wanna, no place for you in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, if you're not thinking we want to keep going. So. And we're just going to focus on other things. I want to do more writing, and I'm going to be going to another company that I will be announcing on uh, December 12th. You're going in as an employer, uh, as an employee. Yes, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be working uh, yeah, with another company. If It'll be remarkably mind, similar. After, after 10 years of podcasting, yes. <laughs> can you not cover the mic with your hand, please? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I forgot you're lobbed. I'm lobbed. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like. I don't like being glued in place mm-hmm. by a stand-up mic, and I like mm-hmm. just kind of being able yeah. to move around, gesticulate, mm-hmm. <laughs> and move around a little bit. I like just talking so, to my playing yes. natural. Like makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> so. I'm a spaz. Yeah. I, think, I think the nice way to no, say it is no one Jonathan, knows that. No. Jonathan likes to move around yeah. a lot when he records the podcast, <laughs> so the mic has to move with him. Yes. I'm no. not. Hold, I ain't holding that shit. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> It's an okay. organic solution. So mm-hmm. let's talk. So mm-hmm. we've been talking, asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the voice inside of my head. Uh, you're, you got a gig. Mm-hmm. You got a gig. Yeah, so I'm moving to another company. I have, we haven't announced it yet, but I'll be there. Um, we're going to announce it December 12th. One of the guests will be the uh, employer. <laughs> and, and Graham ain't coming with you. No, he's so focusing on... <laughs> no. <it's... laughs> you cheated. <laughs> No, we've we no. Is he pissed? No. How no. pissed is he? No, zero. Next and, week uh, on the show, we've got Graham Elwood. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually. I, I know it's like it's weird to think. Oh no, we just kind of decided we didn't want to do it anymore. Well, there's got to be more to that story than that. <laughs> Give me and, something. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's we got, actually... We, we got Fan, who is yeah. chomping at the bit yeah. for the comedy film nerd. <laughs> I'm just he, kidding. Yeah, he actually, um, he's going to focus on his political stuff. Like, he's doing a lot of uh, political work, and he's got a YouTube channel, so he okay. wants to lean into that. And it's also, it's an election year next year, so I don't plan on seeing him very much it next is? year. No, yeah. <laughs> so he's, um, uh, he's been busy. He's like, listen, that. man, yeah. I, could be a, I could be a soldier for democracy, yeah. <laughs> or I could talk about fucking movies on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. I've and made I, my decision. You're destroying <laughs> our democracy yeah. with this crap, Chris. And I'm sick of it. And you're cheating on me anyway. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, so yeah, it was good. It's we're um, you know, we're we're gonna be uh, we let the network know because uh, we're, we're on the All Things Comedy Network. So, um, we're what what's good about that is they're so good over there, like to us that wherever we need to use the studio or the facilities, like, there's an open door, which is, which is great. So we want to thank the All Things Comedy Network for their generosity How long as well. is this hiatus going to last? So it's going to last at least four months. That's <laughs> I, you know what? I don't want to... I'm, listen, I'm, I ain't a doubter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hater. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of those things where... I think you guys are going to come back and do a couple things here and there. The feed is going to not go completely... Oh, no, we're keeping the feed. Yeah, yeah. I, you'll get some surprises on the feed periodically. Don't Absolutely. be so sensationalist. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, the door is closing. Yeah, but we're we're um, we're we're closing the weekly podcast down yeah. and the and the store and the company and and uh, but we'll we'll be keeping the feed up. We'll be keeping the YouTube channel up and uh, the Twitter feed up. Yeah, so well, you'll, that's you'll, basically Geekscape how it's been yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> now, how long have you guys been doing like the main podcast, Geekscape? Long, longer than us because we're 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 ten years and you guys have been longer, or, right? This is thirteen. 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter. And, but you <laughs> keep all... adding shows, you said, too. Yeah, well, Matt Kelly's done a great job of mm-hmm. going out and adding shows, and we added a couple. Um, we added one called Do You Still Like This Movie that was mm-hmm. done by our good friend Word Burglar in Toronto, and he's an amazing rapper. He's been on the show. He was on a very early episode of Geekscape back in 2007, mm-hmm. and he's an incredible rapper. He played... Back in the day at Comic-Con, we would put on these burlesque nights where there would be bur- like nerd burlesque. And then between the acts, there would also be rappers or bands. And, and Word Burglar came out as one of the openers for a hip-hop night where Mega Ran mm-hmm. was the... Mega Ran, who also does a, a wrestling podcast on our network, um, he was the headliner. Word Burglar, nobody had heard of him, at least in San Diego. He comes out. He blew the place up. He's such a talented rapper, and I'm excited to have him on the podcast um, we just have added 
I'm, I'm excited to have him on the podcasting network. Mm-hmm. My apologies. I don't know how. I mean, at this point, and Matt literally sent me, a, we talked last week or the week before about, hey, Jonathan, you got to familiarize yourself a little more with the network and the shows on there. <laughs> because when you talk about it, I just think that it's not helpful. All I can say, Geekscape, is, is I'm excited to have Nerd Burger on, Burglar on there. I'm excited to have a new show from Bulletproof Action on the on the network. Uh, I know that, I don't know if Matt's announced it yet, but there's one of my favorite bands, one of the band members is doing a show, uh, I think about TV, on the uh, podcast network coming up. And then Matt's own sister has a, a really cool, uh, my favorite episode podcast about TV as well. So we're, well, we're just doing a bunch of stuff. I mean, that, that's and, how podcasting and, works. It's and, who you know. And, and Matt, <laughs> Matt can get on my case all he wants. And I'm talking to you, Matt, but I'm doing it a third person. <laughs> Matt can get <laughs> on my case all he wants about uh, me not being as informed as I could be about the shows or as, or listening to the shows and being as familiar. But my train is slow and he is tr- laying tracks like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and the tracks are being laid much faster than this old ass train can go. And You kind of want it that way. You'd re- it'd be better that way than the opposite. Like you're ready to go and nothing gets done. It, 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 Matt has taken the podcast network and he has turned it into his own thing. And I think it's beautiful. And I love that we've provided a forum for him to do it. I think Matt gets a lot out of it, and if there's anything that Geekscape really is, it should be a forum for people to be able to do that. Um, and if you're creative and you're listening to this, and you're like, hey, I've got this idea, definitely pitch it, because I don't know what the hell we do. Sometimes we make short films, sometimes we make full films, sometimes we make, uh, obviously a book is in the works. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, it's just like... It's the byproduct of the ADD. I I just chase the shiny things. Do I do it to our own detriment? Mm -hmm. Probably. I don't know. But you like creating. I mean, that's the one thing. You have to. You have to keep creating. You have to. Mm -hmm. Or else the demons come at night. (laughs) (laughs) You know the demons that come at night? Yes, the complacency demons. Yeah, I've seen those. I was telling you at three. They sit in the chair and don't do anything. I I was (laughs) telling Dude, I was telling you this morning that at 3 a.m. I wake up with an anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. just... Being like, what the? F- how's this? How's this problem going to get solved? How's this mm-hmm. shit going to happen? Where's that going to come from? Where's that money going to come from to fix that problem? That's not a problem because you're the one who started the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you're complaining about a fire that you lit, and mm-hmm. now you have to play fireman. Yes, like shut up. If I found a great quote, the life of the artist. Yeah, it was like if if the if the goal was to eat, don't complain about being full. Mm-hmm. Just the goal was to eat. Just keep eating, right? <laughs> so, um, so you just got to figure it out. And and, and sometimes the, the there's the stresses are financial. Sometimes the stresses are collaborations. I'm sure that Matt definitely messaged me out of some stress about my familiarity with the network. But I hope that I voiced to him, or I'm voicing now, like that. Some of the stuff when do you want me to leave and come back? No, 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 please, Chris. <laughs> We, we, I mean, because I think that it's inherent to what you and Graham experience. Like when you're also trying to make the film or the book or the comic or the other You get projects, stretched thin. You just get so stretched thin. Mm-hmm. At what point are you just eating yourself and you're cannibalizing these things to no good? Well, what, you know, the biggest criticism when people would come in is like, you know, you're doing the work of a much larger company. And I said, I know, and we're doing it on a frayed shoestring. So Absolutely. And what happens is, you know, sometimes money comes in and sometimes it doesn't. So... You know, at, at some point you have to realize, well, if we've plateaued and we've done everything we can, 
you know, there's, you have a decision to make. Do we either go, you know, keep going and hope it'll change or do something new? But oh, we plateaued in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you also realize too, it's like as artists, like, okay, well, you know, 10 years is a long time to do anything. And uh, um, there's other things we want to do. Let's, let's lean into that and do other things. And then, you know, we'll work on these other things together. We're just going to stop this one thing that we're doing. Was there a non-compete with your employer? No, mm-hmm. you, you could have continued doing this so podcast and all that stuff. Uh, with, with the well, I don't thing. think I would have the bandwidth to be no, able to. No, but that, that's yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's but you um, aren't doing this because everything's of flexible. A legal deal no, or this no, and that. Mm-hmm. It's like not at all. Hey man, mm-hmm. I need you sharp. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, yeah. I need you sharp. Yeah. I can't be doing this. Well, let's talk about December twelfth because yes, that's the final show. It's here in L.A. at the Hayworth mm-hmm. Theater. Yep. Uh, how does that work? Tell me about what the night is going to be. What it's going to be is we've invited um, all of the guests that have been on Comedy Film Nerds over the last 10 years. Obviously, it won't be all of them uh, that will come, but it'll be a nice kind of uh, um, collection of different guests that we've had over the years. And we will bring them all on stage, uh, one by one, possibly two by two, depending on how many people come. And they will relay their favorite movie memory, their favorite comedy film nerds memory, or their favorite just something movie related. And then we're going to have some cool surprises, like we might show some clips and um, you know bring some audience members up on stage. And we're just basically going to be celebrating the last 10 years into a last one final live show and then a reception afterwards so you can kind of hang out, have a drink, and and uh, you know, hang out with us for one last night. And the show's mm. going to be an hour, or two hours. Show's going to be probably two hours, yeah. and then a reception for like an hour. That's the plan. Hang out, and then yeah. hey guys, let's go down the street. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they'll karaoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there'll be there'll be some of that too. Oh, I want this to end. There's got to be a bar here we could walk to. Where's the Hayworth? The Hayworth is downtown. It's uh-huh. at the. Um, um, and it's it's called the Dynasty Typewriter in Sign. It's Jamie Foreman's I love the place. Dynasty Typewriter. It's yeah. in Koreatown. Yeah, that's where it is. That's mm-hmm. the, the, wait, is it known as the Typewriter or is it known as the Hayworth? It's both. It's, it is the same it's thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. theater. Yeah, it's awesome. And it'll be really fun. There are some tickets left. You could uh, go to the Dynasty Typewriter website to get them. But it's, it is probably going to sell out. So you definitely want to uh, get tickets now. In Geekscape, if you think that this is just like some... Like podcast that's rented a theater. No, no, no. This theater is like legit. This is going to be a legit episode, a legit show. You guys can trust in the comedy film nerds. And Mark Maron's always recording at that theater. Like he goes to do, does his warm before he goes on his tours and his out of town mm-hmm. shows. He uses the Dynasty Typewriter as it's a great his, space as his like place to do a yep. couple couple local gigs before he, he mm-hmm. gets the material out of town. We've done live shows there before, and it's always been a blast. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, um, there is a, you know, people ask, well, where do we park? Because it's Koreatown. It's like, there is a parking lot right uh, around the corner. So there, there's parking. There's, you know, it, it's easy to get to. The meters are everywhere, too. Yeah. And there's meters, too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. super easy. Uh, I've never had a problem parking in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to know the local gang colors. Yeah. Other, and the signs. So. <laughs> you know, you need to know the signs, the local gang mm-hmm. colors. And then you're, you know, mm-hmm. Koreatown has actually... And podcasters have a special gang sign, so you need to learn those. So, uh, <laughs> they're the, yeah, they're the gang that's like, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we get our asses kicked. Um, will there be some? Will there be some sadness? Will you be sad on this night? Will, will It'll there, be bittersweet I, for sure. It will definitely be emotional, especially you know the fans have already been kind of emailing saying, "Hey, thanks for a great ten years." Like, because a lot of people have been listening the entire time. Right. So it'll definitely be kind of a bittersweet thing, but also even the fans are saying, "Hey, looking forward to." What What's coming next and what we can do and that's 
you know, one of the reasons too, I wanted to get kind of like one last Kickstarter in is like, all right, one last thing we can kind of enjoy and it'll come out next year. And we, you know, we can, as part of like the community, because I also added in that, uh, I, I didn't think to do this, but the artist and the editor said this, you know, you could get drawn into the book, you know, that's one of the tiers. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that would kind of be kind of like a cool, almost like a yearbook mm-hmm. if we have like, uh, you know, a bunch of fans actually drawn into the, you know, the last Kickstarter book that we did. So I'm hoping people grab that tier too. What's Graham's role in the book? Um, Graham, he has a tier. There's actually one. You cheated. They, yeah, you that's cheated. Not... You cheated. There's a, okay. Graham does um, uh, martial arts and he does surfing. Mm-hmm. So there's a tier that um, have Graham Elwood teach you something. So you can go to Santa Monica, have lunch with Graham, and you can pick a martial arts lesson or a surfing lesson. And uh, he will uh, spend the afternoon with you. What if you do martial arts on a surfboard? That would be really cool. It would be a challenge that I think he would accept. Not, not for the <laughs> The surf ninjas did it. Yeah, that's true. The that's surf true. ninjas did yep. it. Yep. And, uh, and you know, ideally, like you said, like as we play the long game, I'd like really to see this um, end up being like a, a feature film at some point after the comic mm-hmm. book is made. But I, I really, as I was working on it, I'm like, this is such a great um, medium, comic books and graphic novels, because it's such a visual story. It's like... You know, it's like it's fighting and kung fu and uh, monsters, dragons, surly baristas and uh, right. all, all different things. And then it, 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 I, I just imagined like, you know, from working with Fernando, you know, some of the panels, the way he would draw them. And I was like, oh, this is going to look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, it, w- it was also one of those kind of personal stories where like the other one was more about growing up. This one was more about like uh, like anger. If, what if somebody's angry? You know, as artists, we deal with this a lot. Angry all the time. Uh, wants to fight about stuff all the time. How do you get past that, and how do you change? And uh, um, you know, and the conf- how, does it, how does it affect the family? How does, how does it affect it, the family? How does yeah. it affect everyone around you? How does it affect your relationships? Yeah. And can you change? Can you break that? And uh, what's on the other side for you to ultimately find peace? And in the middle of that, you know, is a giant ancient battle between uh, you know Chinese mythology between good and evil, and so you've got all these crazy factions and fights and monsters and dragons and everything is kind of combined. But at the core. It's about someone ultimately who's been angry all his life, and how can he break free of that those chains? Are you breaking free? So I'm breaking free every day, man. <laughs> it's a struggle, but every day I get a little less angry. Every time a new pledge comes in, I get a little less angry. <laughs> I mean, is that what pisses you off? The frustration, like the the demons that are like, you're just gotta, I gotta get them out. Like I gotta get them out, and I'm not getting them out fast enough. And... It's definitely part of it. Yeah. Like it's like, uh, well, and all artists, we this. Oh, well, I should be more successful at this point. I should be more, more successful at this but point. I should have done more. And, like, exactly. But what is success? It's an undefinable term. It's right. like, well, I got this book out. Okay, great. I got this movie out. Now I'm saying, well, no, wait. What about the next thing? And, you know, what if the, this thing gets turned down or if this thing doesn't fund? And it's always a constant battle of, like, between, you know, success and then failure. But then I, I remember one, uh, you know, the the old saying success has many fathers but failure is an orphan you know no one uh, no one wants to <laughs> slow that down slow that yeah. down slow that yeah. down slow yeah that down. Okay. success has many fathers. fathers but failure is an orphan uh, wrapping me up my head yeah <laughs> so that means like when everybody on a collaborative thing that everybody works on it and it's successful oh, yeah. then uh you know everyone takes credit for it but if it's a failure and uh um, no one wants to be associated with it and uh i, I even talked to like other comic book creators and they even made a good point, and uh, I think it was Jimmy Palmiotti I just talked to. Love Jimmy and he's, he's fantastic. He's such a good guy, too. He goes, 
you know, people don't see the failures. Like they only see the stuff that actually gets out there and that you actually make. No. But, but, you know, they don't realize that there's, you know, it's almost like the tip of the iceberg <laughs> where everything else underneath is the stuff that you struggle with and may not have made it or it was a, a you know, a complete slog. So, um, you know, those successes, when we get them, we're very grateful for them. Um, we just, our artist brains don't give them as much weight as the failures because that's just, you know, the, the broken parts of our artist brain, that's kind of the way they work. Uh, so it's something that I've struggled with. I'm sure you've struggled yeah, with it as, as well. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I didn't get a pledge in an hour. Now I'm like, oh, this is a failure. Like, you know, the, you like, immediately actually, jump to. I've been doing this 30 days of gratitude thing on my Instagram mm-hmm. stories. And that was one of the things I thanked a few days ago was failure because it's mm-hmm. like, I I described failure as my greatest and most familiar teacher because <laughs> it's like, hey, you, you've been ha- you've been hanging around a lot, yeah and, and, yeah, and a lot of that just comes down to perception. Mm-hmm. Um, but failure is also feedback. Failure is yeah. also it's a teacher. So well, I, you have to be grateful for it at times. Yeah, yeah, I think there is, and and once you can kind of get past that. Speaking of like finding a little piece, that definitely helps, and it'll. Uh, um, it'll you make you more insane. Yeah, yeah. Until you get angry again. Yeah, I remember like in one kind when I was. No, I'm not that. a constant. If, yeah, if, yeah. If these games have learned anything over the last 13 years. I'm not. Yeah, I'm nothing if not a yeah. complete hypocrite. You know, we we know how things should be and how we should <laughs> react to things. Yeah, and I then mean, there's the way we do react. This is things. No idea. And uh, I I remember uh, when I was in uh, middle school, uh, one of my teachers had this um, saying up top on on top of the. Uh, yeah, back when there were blackboards, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was on top. Uh, it was. It said that uh, um, experience is the hardest teacher because it gives the test first and then the lesson. Whoa, whoa! Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the dummy here. Yeah, I, I love that. Success is the or is experience, the, experience is the, is the hardest, hardest teacher, teacher because it, it gives the test first and then the lesson. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Damn, and then uh, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of true because we, you know, we're often thrown out of our depth and we don't know what to do, and then we learn after, mm-hmm. or we should learn after. So. Uh, well, <laughs> knuckleheads like me, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes it takes a few. Yeah, I can't wait for the emails after yeah. you guys have finished up to be like, hey, take a hint. Yeah. Now. <laughs> We're gonna do a, a cancel train. Just cancel. Take a damn hint, Jonathan. Yeah. They at least had the dignity to know when they were down and out. They done finish this. Maybe it's time you get a real job. <laughs> well, dude, I look forward to the twelfth. I look forward to December twelfth, yes. uh, helping you guys um, at least. I'm not going to say it, Chris. I'm not going to go and agree with you that this is the end of Comedy Film Nerds. I'm going to say I it, well, I am excited to be a part of uh, wrapping this chapter. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That is uh, very valid. I am excited. I mean, not to negate what you guys mm-hmm. are deciding to do because mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. I think I'm very excited. I am, I am going to uh, share the sentiment of your audience mm-hmm. that I'm re- really excited about what you guys are going to do. But... I'm excited, but this is this is the end of a chapter. I'm excited mm-hmm. to be a part of it. I'm honored that you asked me to be a part of it. And Geekscapists, please, 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 go to Kickstarter and check out Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. Not just to support Chris and the comedy film nerds and all of his creative endeavors, and it's pretty awesome. But, hey, Fernando Pinto has been one of our own since that first day 13 years ago. He was, he's, he, I mean... 
you think of Geescape? I hope you think of that logo he made because it's a really strong logo and I love it. And Fernando is an incredibly gracious, awesome guy who's always up for hanging out and, and doing some stuff. And He's great. I I've, love working with him. I've invited him to San Diego in 2020 and I hope that he comes in, in as a guest of our booth because I would love to have him there in San Diego. He, he's Because I always see him at New York Comic Con. But I've never seen. But he doesn't come to San Diego. I've yet to meet him in person. Yeah. I can't wait to meet him in yeah. person. Yeah, that'd be right. great. Fernando, make him come. Well, he, he, well, <laughs> in New York Comic Con, he's gone, and, and he's met Big Yanks and a couple of Geekscapers who drop by and say hi. But mm-hmm. he, Fernando, we're working at this baby. We're gonna try and get you to San Diego, um, dude. Good luck with Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. Geekscapers, go and check him out on Kickstarter. Find all those different tiered rewards, mm-hmm. like comedy, action, monsters, dragons. It's a, all you know, like a Big Trouble in Little China type thing. In mm-hmm. Subscribe to the Comedy Film Nerds podcast if you haven't already mm-hmm. and circle that one that's going to come out after December 12th because that one's going to be the big smorgasbord celebration of everything you guys did. I mean, the congratulations, dude, on Thank the decade. You. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I, my only excuse is I've been too bored for 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> you guys had shit to do. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're, we're happy that uh, uh, happy to have you for sure and... Uh, you know what? You were one of our first guests too, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we always appreciate the support Geekscapes has, has uh, given us over the years for sure. That's called a rise and fall, Geekscapes. <laughs> they came up from this, and now they're going back. To this. Yeah, uh, yep. I love you guys, man. Um, Geekscapes will be back next week to do a little Thanksgiving episode. If you're in the states, you'll get that. If you're not listening, not in the states, we celebrate Thanksgiving here, and I'm going to get you guys an episode anyway because i'm very grateful for you guys i i love this journey and i love talking to creators and i love talking to you guys um if you've liked this episode and this is your first episode subscribe and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast you're listening to this on definitely hit that share button and send it to your friends and be like hey you got to listen to this guy uh he's fun and he talks to amazing people like chris mancini uh if you go back to the feed you're gonna hear recent episodes from the kids in the hall scott thompson felicia day you'll be hearing from ex-nfl player chris cluey we went crazy on the politics on that episode he fucking almost killed me when we started laughing about eight <laughs> chan that was awesome uh yeah that was a fun episode what a competitive gaming nerd he is and of course last week was an amazing episode with Rob Paulson, who's voiced every character in our childhood. So we've got a lot of cool stuff at Geekscape. If this isn't enough for you, go to geekscape.net or go to any of your podcasters, search for Geekscape, because you'll find a shit ton of shows at this point. Matt Kelly is out of control, and I'm not about to try and control him. I ain't going in there and getting my hand bit. I'm not doing that. You can follow Chris Mancini at all of these following places. You could see me and, and see me. Yeah, you could uh, check me out on Twitter at uh, Chris J Mancini, uh, and also at Chris J Mancini Online is my website. And also go to comedyfilmnerds.com. You can uh, get links to everything there, including the Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master link to Kickstarter. I forgot to mention it goes till December tenth, so we don't have a ton of time left. So um, if you're on the fence, please jump over. <laughs> Go, 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 Geekscapists. And we're on all those social networks, so just find us and befriend us and talk to us. Tell us what you're watching. Love you guys. Over and out. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 